Listener Production. So, if you want your body frozen when you die, in case we develop the technology to bring you back to life one day, you can now do that in Australia, Katrina. You can. It sounds strange as in fiction, but it's actually not. And it's all happening in the small town of Holbrook in New South Wales. Maybe you've been through there on a road trip between Melbourne and Sydney, but now it's becoming best known as the home of the Southern Hemisphere's first cryonics facility. If you can bring back the brain in a good condition in which the person passed away, then everything should theoretically come back with some repair may be needed. So dozens of people have already signed up for this, Tom. Um, We're going to find out who they are, how much all this costs and what the chances are this will actually work. Well, that'll spice up the trip from Sydney to Melbourne. You're going to stop in there for a visit. (laughs) Um, That is our briefing topic. It is Tuesday the 11th of July. Let's get into our headlines. Anthony Albanese has announced Australia is joining the Climate Club to take more ambitious action in tackling global warming. This club is backed by the G7, the group of the world's seven strongest economies. And Albanese announced this news at a conference in Berlin after meeting German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. The countries in this club plan to voluntarily set high targets for stopping climate change and then require trading partners to meet the same standards. Yeah, this is a really interesting way of trying to encourage, you know, countries around the world to do more on climate. You know, we had the various conferences, Glasgow, Paris, where we try and get people to agree to higher targets. But the other way is saying, well, we won't do business with you unless you have higher targets because the reality is that if if your country is setting high targets, you're making sacrifices on heavy emitting industries. But if you're then in competition with other countries who don't have the same standards, they're at an advantage. So it's actually unfair on your own producers as well. So it's an interesting strategy. Um, It could work. I think it might have been a factor in why Australia eventually signed up to net zero. Will it work on countries like China though? Probably not. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. And also interesting to see our relationship strengthening with Germany. I mean, Germany is seeking to convert its manufacturing powerhouses to run on green hydrogen. Mm. Germany needs Australian hydrogen and rare earths for its big clean energy transformation. Germany really is the manufacturing heart of Europe. So our strengthening relationship with Germany could potentially unlock trade throughout the whole EU. Access to medical abortions is about to be made much easier. All doctors and some senior nurses will be able to prescribe the pregnancy termination pill and from August, all pharmacies will be able to stock it thanks to the slashing of red tape. So currently, only about 10% of doctors and 30% of pharmacists are certified to deal with the pill known as MS2 step in Australia or RU486 overseas. I think this is going to really be huge news for people living in regional and rural areas who perhaps don't have ready access to abortion clinics, you know, have to travel a long way and um, potentially let people know their plans for doing so. This way they can take um, a two-tablet course and that can be taken up to nine weeks into a pregnancy. To the robo-debt scandal now and Government Services Minister Bill Shorten has questioned why coalition ministers are acting as though they're out of the woods on this. I do not know why coalition ministers, with that sort of uh, 
very, very damning uh, analysis by the Royal Commission, why they think that people, victims won't sue them individually. That's Bill Shorten speaking on ABC 730. Mm, interesting point. I mean, technically they they maybe could, but I don't know if downtrodden robo-debt victims struggling to get by financially will have the resources to start expensive legal action against individual government ministers, unless a law firm starts a class action that victims can join, victims in similar circumstances. And the victims have already had to do so much here to hold the government to account. I mean... They want the system to hold these people to account, not them to keep doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, and speaking of the system, attention is now turning to the private debt collectors who made $11.6 million in taxpayers' money they earned by chasing down welfare recipients mm. for debts raised under the scheme. So the Royal Commission report handed down last week was particularly scathing of these commissions. It said that they created a motive to retrieve as much money as possible as as fast as possible. Mm. Of course, um, we've heard that it was a factor in some of the um, people who then went on to take their own lives. They received, you know, half a dozen letters, dozens of phone calls, mm. text messages, um, and this was just in the space of a couple yep. of months. Yep. I was interviewing um, people in that situation at the time, and this was the the deadly one-two blow where you got the letter from Centrelink first and then the debt collection agencies start calling you and that's what scared the hell out of people and completely destabilised them. And Australians are living longer than ever before. So there's a new report from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare that shows our life expectancy has increased by 13.7 years over the last 50 years. So from our parents' and grandparents' generation, we're living 13 years longer. So on average... Women are living until 85 and for men, 81. So that's that's huge. And that's why, ladies, there is no shame in dating younger. It is actually <laughs> a great life strategy. So you're not left alone at the end of your life. <laughs> or just get yourself a mega awesome group of girlfriends so you can keep taking those cruises <laughs> well into your late 80s. Or, you know, just, you know, Make sure your husband's looking after his health, getting his heart checked and all those sorts of things as well. <laughs> that, that's also true. All right. Thanks, Tom. Speaking of living longer, <laughs> we are about to dive into the rather strange but fascinating world of cryonics and it's happening right here in Australia. Well, the small town of Holbrook is perhaps best known as a good stopover point for anyone doing a road trip between Melbourne and Sydney. Until now, it is getting a lot of publicity for being home to the Southern Hemisphere's first known cryonics facility. That's right. This is where people put their bodies into deep freeze in the hope that in the future they'll be brought back to life. And dozens of people have already signed up including Alan. The science has now got to the point where the, the concept of birth, life and death is about to finish. And even though I'm right on, at the very start of this, I'm one of the early ones, uh, I want this life to continue to be bigger and to be better and, and to go on for as long as I choose it to be. 
Alan is one of the many that have forked over tens of thousands of dollars to put themselves into a cryonic chamber until science catches up with their big dreams of eternal life. So how does it work and would that future be lonely? Peter Solakides is the Director of Southern Cryonics in Holbrook and he joins us on The Briefing now. Peter, thank you for joining us on The Briefing. I'd love for you to share a bit about your background. How did you get into this line of work in the first place? Well, many years ago when I was quite young, I read about chronics in a famous book, Robert Ettinger's book. Basically, I thought by the time I get older and I retire, it'll be available, easily available. I was very interested in it, but of course, career and everything else took over. So what happened was that when I did retire, nothing was really available. I thought I could just walk down the corner and just sign up, but nothing was available, especially when we came back to Australia. We had travelled a lot overseas in my career. We decided that we needed something in Australia because it was just too far to go to the good US facilities that do exist. There's a lot of logistics issues in doing that. So I got involved with a few people uh, in chronics and we got involved in, first of all, we had some more modest plans, but in the end we decided to uh, to build a facility in Australia. Where is the current world leader when it comes to cryonics? Actually, most of the organisations are doing very well. There's two in the US. There's one in China, a very good facility in China, and there's a recent facility in Europe. And again, that's also a very good facility. Uh, we're the first in the Southern Hemisphere, but there's probably four, maybe five. There's one in Russia as well, maybe five or six in the Northern Hemisphere. So who are the biggest customers? Do you know which which country? Uh, US, maybe Europe following, but US is the biggest by far because US has been operating for 60 years. Alcor and Chronics Institute have been operating for about 60 years. So US is by far the largest. And do you know how many people currently are being stored in facilities? Do you even, even just a ballpark figure? Yeah, it's somewhere between 400 and 600 are currently being stored. You know, just to give you some perspective, you can see that this has been going for 60 years, so there's not that many people being stored. It's not an area where a lot of people are interested in it, to be really honest. Not a lot of people. It it takes a particular sort of person to be interested in it, and not a lot are. (laughs) Is Walt Disney stored this way, or is that just an old wives' tale? I think it's an old wives' tale. Uh, It was initially said, but I think it's been disproved that he has been stored this way. Of course, nobody knows for sure, but most of the facts say he hasn't not been stored this way. (laughs) Let's talk now about um, your cryonics facility. The small town of Holbrook does seem a bit like an unlikely home for this kind of advanced technology, particularly for a southern hemisphere first. Why there? A lot of reasons, in fact. One was we had to check out an area that was very low in risk, fire hazard, earthquake risk, flooding, and we found Holbrook met the conditions that we had. Number two was we got a very good reception from the local council there. They were very happy for us to be there. And there's obviously it's not the easiest thing to build where you're storing people who have passed away. Uh, It's not the easiest to do. Number three, it's uh, right on the liquid nitrogen routes. For us, the most important product is obtaining easy liquid nitrogen. It's right on the Hume Highway. It's uh, about midway between Melbourne and Sydney. And that's 55% of Australia's population is roughly in the area that it can serve easily. 
Uh, so there's a lot of good reasons for it to be there. How does the process of cryonics work for someone who uh, knows nothing about it? Let me just say what it is. It's it's the preservation of a person after legal death. And we've got to stress it's after legal death at very low temperatures, normally about minus 200 degrees, with the expectation that in future, medicine, science, technology will be able to repair the person and restore them to health and a young body. I think those are important criteria because a lot of people ask us, well, what do you want to come back in a 90-year-old body or whatever it is, but health and a young body. The whole process itself is there's a few stages in the process. We're involved in the final stage, but basically the whole idea is after legal death to keep extending the time and minimize deterioration, particularly of the brain. That's, that's everything we're trying to do is that because the most important thing is to stop deterioration after legal death. So the first thing we do is at a hospital bed, for example, we begin cooling and introduction of some chemicals to the person. Then we take the person to somewhere like a funeral home or a, another facility and we drop the temperature even further. So initially at the hospital, we dropped it to ice temperature. That gave us about three or four hours where there was minimal deterioration. Then we drop it to dry ice temperature, which gives us a week to two weeks with minimal deterioration. We introduce further chemicals, uh, cryoprotectants, gives us two weeks to get to the facility from the funeral home to the facility. So we've got plenty of time to do that with minimal deterioration. At the facility, we bring the temperature down to liquid nitrogen temperature and then store the patient in a large vacuum flask type container, which is filled with liquid nitrogen. And the patient in there, because we're near minus 200 degrees centigrade now, so basically stay for hundreds of years with almost zero deterioration. Tell us a bit about your clients. You've, you've had some people sign up already. What is their average age? Do okay. they have terminal illnesses? <laughs> and how did you find them? Our clients range in age from about 30-odd years to about 80 years old, so it's quite a range there. None that we know have terminal illnesses, although we're always ready if they tell us something. Chronics is more a decision you make when you're actually healthy, you make it for your future. So none of them have terminal illnesses that we know about. I guess they range from being doctors to ordinary working people, like bus drivers, things like that. So we're, we've got quite a range of clients. We found them, really they themselves, knowing about chronics and contacting us. Very little came from our media exposure, if I could put it that way. Most of them are just people who are interested, contacted me or somebody in our organization and then joined up. We've got about 35 who we call founding members. Those 35 put in fifty to $70,000. We've shifted now to the phase where we're operating. So we have what we would call client members. And that group is a different group. They don't have to put upfront funds. They only pay at the time of the suspension. They're like customers in a sense. And the cost for them through life insurance is about $1 to $2 a day, say $300 to $600 a year. And the life insurance pays out at the time of the suspension, the $150,000 that's needed for the suspension. And that could be 20, 30 years in the future, whatever, whatever age they currently are. So I guess taking religion out of it, just at the get-go, this, mm -hmm. I suppose, means that 
you and and possibly others, but who knows, you might all believe different things. You have a certain belief about life and that you're, I guess, being brought back to life later on because some people think, oh, you die and that's it or you die and you have a soul and that's the thing that makes you you. Mm. What is it you believe? I believe, I guess a lot of people in chronics believe that what we're talking about is actually a physical scientific process. The brain itself is a biological, I guess I'm going to use the word very loosely, a biological computer. It's very loosely, but basically the soul, the whatever you wish to imagine, because by, by the way, soul consciousness has never really been defined. Nobody really understands what it is, but we think yeah. it's a biological process. We believe it's a biological process and that if you can bring back the brain in a good condition in which the person passed away, then everything should theoretically come back with some repair may be needed. My final question is, if it does take, you know, a century or two, how are you able to guarantee to your clients that that facility will be maintained and that they will be safe when it could be your grandchildren or great-great-grandchildren who you pass this business on to? Yes, it's a very good point. First of all, let me say there are no guarantees in chronics. I mean, we're talking about something a few hundred years in the future. So the one guarantee is there's nothing that says that it will work. We believe that there's a good chance, but we don't say it will work. We don't say for sure you'll be back at X period, but there's a good chance. And again, I just want to stress that chance versus the alternative of death where there's zero chance. I mean, buried death cremated death, there's zero chance, so we have a chance. As far as the facility itself is concerned, we're very, very conservative in our financing ideas. We've also put money aside in case something goes wrong. So we we do have funds in the facility in the build-up that we have for the work that we're doing in case anything does go wrong. We think is a minimal chance because we are so careful with how we do things. We believe that, for example, passing things on, most likely I may not pass on to my relatives, but I pass on to people who are very interested in chronics. Most of the people who have relatives in there will be in the facility themselves, uh, have friends who will be in the facility. They'll be the people who will be taking over from this generation. And we're a non-profit organisation, so it's not like we're we're there to sort of make, basically the funds go back into the into the operation, any excess funds. And it's looked after as I said, by a group of people who are very dedicated to chronics, and there's always a new group. We have 30-year-olds at the moment, we have 80-year-olds, and there'll be new groups continually looking after the people who are in the facility. That was Peter Solakides from Southern Cryonics, and it is worth pointing out that molecular scientists and even the head of health sciences at Melbourne Uni, they all say that it is highly unlikely this technology will ever exist to bring people back or regenerate organs or, you know, even an entire human body. That technology may not ever exist or it could be centuries off at best. And Let's not even get started on the minefield on the legal side when it comes to wills and estates too that we didn't even get into today. So that optimism that Peter mentioned, well, that would have to be pretty healthy. Listener.